Welcome to Exploring Creativity. Our goal is to inspire, educate, and provide a community for creative people all over the world. On this podcast, we explore a variety of topics with a multifaceted group of creative people. We explore these topics in hopes of broadening your perspective and giving you the tools you need to do your very best work. Today I'm speaking with Greg Matthews. Greg is a recording artist and music producer. Together we explored our relationship with time, the self, and others, embracing the mundane, collaboration, and so much more. It was a great conversation with a great friend, and I'm super excited for you to hear it. Hey, man. What up? Good to see you. Thanks for having me on, my friend. Thanks for being on. <laughs> um, well, it's a pleasure to see you, chat. I'm pretty excited today, dude. Pretty excited to talk. It's been a minute. We haven't caught up in like a few weeks, I guess. Been a while. Well, we always, you and I have a, we know what each, each other's doing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we have an idea. I mean, I have an idea of what you're doing. <laughs> I'm like, Greg's either doing good or doing great. Let me check in either way. <laughs> Let me see where he is. <laughs> Come on, that's not how my life. So you have a perfect life. No, I'm just kidding. But the the times that uh you know you're down, I feel it. The times that you're up, I feel it. I check in, see what's up, and I always enjoy our our talks. So. Kind of excited to share with the uh, with the world. Oh. I was um, I was uh, well, I was in the last couple um, you know, lives you did, and everybody has like, like I feel like my glasses game isn't as dope as the rest the rest of the the guests that y'all had. So I'm kind of feeling, you know, underprepared. <laughs> I think they're pretty tired. Also, uh, usually I send. Uh, a check to the guest beforehand. It's the eyeglass budget. <laughs> Just like make sure you're showing up. Yeah, be like, look, if you're going to be on here, please make sure you look smart at least. Make sure you have like the knowledge project level, <laughs> you know, uh, eyewear. <laughs> I was saying the other day, so I'm like in the middle of working on this book that we'll we'll get into some um, some topics on, but. Uh, Growing up, like, I guess maybe it was because of my eyewear or my face shape or my hair or some combination of all of them. But people always thought that I was like a writer. Um, and I feel like writing a book. It looks like a writer right now, for sure. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know what that <laughs> means, but I clearly people, people think that. So I feel like writing a book is sort of the logical next step. I feel like I look like Lieutenant Dan from, uh, from, uh, <laughs> right now, I look like I look like a an ex Vietnam War vet without like being a powerful chick. Right now, a functioning war vet. Yeah, I see I'm it. A, I'm a functioning war vet, <laughs> or just um, someone that lives in Brooklyn. I mean, yeah, there too. For uh, sure. Well, yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate and I and I love. I've been. I, I haven't been able to check out the full talks, but I've, I've jumped in and I, I love what's happening. So, and I'm, I'm excited to actually be considered for the talk. So thank you so much. For sure, man. Like I said, I I've always loved our conversations. They tend to be, um, broad in scope and deep in, in, uh, interrogation and questioning. And so I feel like recording this and sharing it with people, uh, is only going to benefit 
you and I and anyone that listens. So cool. Um, there's a bunch of topics I wanted to talk about. I kind of took stock before we started. Uh, sure. Um, topics in the book that I feel like I would love to hear your perspective on. Uh, I'm going to read them off to you. I want you to decide. Uh, tell me the the one you're least comfortable talking about, and we're going to start there. So um, I have one chapter about competition called Winning the Game. These are all tentative titles, but it's where I'm at right now. Um, collaboration called Other Chimps. Um, limits, a chapter on integration, a chapter on inspiration, a chapter on practice, and a chapter on momentum. Where do you feel least comfortable? And let's start there. Integration. Cool. That's uh, interesting because the other day you had sent me that. Um, uh, when I sent you the list, you were like, you sent that back. So I'm glad. Let's start there. Oh, did so, I did I did I say that? Did I say that? I think so. Yeah. It the chapter yeah, yeah. was titled It Can't Be Solved Today. I believe that was the one you sent. That's the one I wanted to talk about. Yeah. But, well, <laughs> maybe that's how I'm feeling today. <laughs> so the chapter is called It Can't Be Solved Today. It's um integration is an interesting topic to me. Something that kind of was brought up more recently or introduced to me more recently. And the more, you know, you know, when you like find something and then like everything you listen to is somehow about that or can be related to that. Um, well, integration was one of those things and, uh, diving into different people, different podcasts talking about one, um, um, was about how sleep allows ideas to integrate. It's kind of a known concept, but really getting into the science of that, um, and I had a conversation with a friend, JC Derricks, who I think is on here right now about um, taste and how taste is developed over time, uh, sort of this integration of many different things. Yep. Um, and then um, this idea and sort of this sort of forgiveness and permission to allow yourself to realize that things can't be solved in a day, they yes. take time. And so yep. looking at this time factor, taste, um, how projects and problems get solved over time it was like what is that missing piece yeah, yeah yeah and i think it really is integration among a lot of different um a lot of different areas that you might not even be able to map uh so yeah curious, yeah yeah i'm curious for you with that loose definition and i wanted to leave it loose so you can fill in gaps or add your own definition to it um yeah how do you see integration playing a role in your creative process uh, or the phrase "it can't be solved today." How? Do, where is that? Yeah, and yeah, that's. I, I actually was. We had some recent experiences with that, and and in regards to organizations and teams, and to under and to developing understanding, uh, when you're trying to accomplish something that maybe you're trying to build a business around it, maybe you're trying to create something that's bigger than it was. So integration, or it can't be solved today. I think a lot of it has to do with our idea of control, right? Mm. Like, meaning like we have as human beings, we want, we're hardwired, I believe, and there's a lot of psychological studies that back this up as well, that we're very hardwired to have the predictability, like to know that one plus one equals two, right? Mm. And then the reality is we have no idea. Like we know that one plus one equals two in this format, but like when we're building something new, we 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 kind of stroke our own ego in saying, "Hey, 
this thing to this thing plus this thing is going to get me this. Mm. This is my vote of confidence mm. in myself. Mm. And that we sometimes as creators, we have to get better with under, dealing with the ambiguity of not under, that, with not knowing what the outcome is going to be and being able to glean from that outcome like the right things, right? Mm. Meaning like if you're building a business, you're not going to actually understand until you deploy the business practices in month one, you're not going to understand until six months later actually what it's doing. Because that really, you're giving yourself time to actually make it tangible. But you can predict on month one what you think is going to happen. It's likely never going to be right. 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 It's going to be a permutation or version of something that you did good, but you can't predict the future. And that, no. and that control or that ego control of the future is something you commonly see with, it's a battle, internal battle with yourself being like, okay, I'm going to be a professional musician. I'm going to go out there and be the best, like get us, get a figure out how to, you know, work with a top 100 artist, right? I'm going to make these ideas up and hopefully they come out. You know, th there's a level of luck in building any business or doing any of activity, but we kind of fool ourselves constantly to, to think, we fool ourselves in thinking we have control of the whole process and we never do. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I love that a lot. Um, I'm hearing a lot of interesting things that are you're kind of integrating to, to speak about integration, this idea of ego and how ego and control meets um, and have this relationship, which makes you think that like you could just will anything into existence by being like this and that equals it, me, you know. Yeah, and the interesting thing about it is like people who are very successful, I just listen to something. Maybe I'm echoing something I heard, but, mm -hmm. but people who are very successful have had, have, have, have a track record of being able to will things into existence. Mm -hmm. But when they take on and more, they end up, end up, they end up really hitting a wall, whether it be in a relationship or in a collaboration or whatever, because that is not, they are not God. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. it, 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 in, in pure, in pure sense. You can do the best you can, but when you start applying yourself into other other scenarios and you're a baby in that scenario, you might be a smart person can work through problem sets, but you cannot predict the future and mm -hmm. you cannot mm -hmm. dictate what the market does or how other humans behave. Mm -hmm. So all those variables, you may think you have control, but the reality is you do not and you never will. Right. I and you have to be comfortable with that, you know? Definitely. I was speaking last night uh, to two of my friends, uh, Ray and Addison, who I think are on right now. Shout out to them. And I was talking to Casey Dirks, who had asked me a question about taste. And we got into a uh, discussion around how taste is developed. And what I was saying is that you actually can't really control complete. You can't completely control how your taste is developed. Yeah. You can set up a situation and a scenario and an environment in which the the influences you want to have are present sure you can't determine how those influences will influence you integrate into your subconscious and then manifest as whatever whatever the thing is that you do you can't control the manifestation or you can't control the capture of 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 the, the i don't think i don't think we really can control either from a scientific point of view like you can't really determine what part of the information you're downloading based on if you're tired or hungry or whatever and then it sits in your brain, you sleep, it has yeah. a life of its own, and then you produce something maybe of that influence by some, maybe it was a guitar tone or a color sure. or anything. You might not even know it was from that. 
Um, so, you know, I think it's an, an interesting topic in that we're trying to combine all these separate parts and put it into our work, into our music or design yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. work. But like, I think when you free yourself to say, look, I don't even know what part I'm actually going to take unless I intentionally take it. Um, yeah. And being comfortable with that as well, that ambiguity of like, let me just lay out and uh, create an environment of influences and then yeah. listen and, and absorb without, you know, specifically taking a specific piece. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, that goes back to the whole theory of the control thing, right? You can put together best practices, right? Like for me, mm -hmm. like I am trying to, I make a list on my wall of all these incredible filmmakers that I've never seen films of. And I just, mm. I, I pick one and I watch all the films of them and I try to do as, as a comprehensive, like I try to see all the films of these famous directors, right? It's an easy way for me to get exposed to different types. But, but that is a practice that I've generated. If mm. I'm trying to generate taste or some sort of influence, I can't control the osmosis or how it's going to turn out in my work. I might be able to try to copy some things. But I think to your point is like, the, the question is, is like, there's the practice and then there's like the control. And we don't ever have the control, but we can generate some type of practice around it to inform what we do. And, uh, we could just be excited to try that out. <laughs> yeah. 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 And and having that faith in oneself to be like, whatever I end up producing as a result of that is ultimately you, whether it's good or bad is to be determined by an audience. But, you know, yeah. whether it honors, I think one thing we might often conflate is this idea of it being good or bad versus does it honor the influences that I have? You know, does it honor um, a Steve Jobs or a... Um, does it honor, um, uh, Christopher Nolan or something without being a derivative of, uh, them? I see. I see. That's an interesting, well, that's an interesting thing to talk about because those folks that you spoke of, they're crafts, they're crafts people, mm -hmm. meaning they've developed or craftsmen or craftswomen or whoever, however we would have defined it. But those are people who have spent a lot of time and thought work trying to get, generate mastery or understanding or push this, this understanding of a concept and then trying to move it forward, right? And so I think we're in an age now where we have all these best practices and we have all this like, how the 10 steps, you can be like a, a songwriter or 10 steps for you to be like the next tech entrepreneur. And obviously those are really, vap that's really vapid advice because ultimately there's no 10 steps that can make you be anything. Mm -hmm. What you have to do is spend the time, the comprehension, spend the reps, live the life, go through the emotional breakdowns and breakthroughs. And that is where you basically, that's where you, that is where you sacrifice and surrender your control. Mm. Mm. Because at that point, like I've spent 15, I've spent at least 15 to 20,000 hours of my life making music, right? Mm -hmm. What's my real motive here? You know what I mean? Like, like, what's my motive here? Is it is it to be rich and famous, or is it because I actually am surrendering my control because I enjoy this this pursuit? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Have you have you interrog interrogated your motives? Yeah, yeah, all yeah. all the time. I, I've had mm -hmm. to several times in my life. Several times I've had. I to. think this is an industry where fame sort of looks like the peak of success like in design like you could be a designer for anywhere and like 
there's some more like famous ones, but there aren't like so many famous ones where like people would be like, that's how I know I made it. Like if I'm at that level, like obviously there are famous ones, but you know what I mean? It's not like musicians where there's like a lot of top tier ones that you could look to. So I feel like it's very easy to get into a place of like that success. Um, I just wanted to zoom into that. Wait, on the musician side or in the design side? I'm sorry. On the musician side. Yeah. It could be very yeah. easy in the musical space to be like, that is the only way sure. uh, to be successful. It, and and then kind of, it can disrupt the motives. So yeah, that's about like, interrogating it. Yeah. And like, you know, the longer that you're in the business, you meet people that have successfully built their own lifestyle. Like I have friends that have like kids and are kind of like not massive Instagram famous producers, but have made a lot of the hits that you all love and, and enjoy, but they don't enjoy the fame around it, but they might still make, you know, monetarily benefit from it. And they live a perfectly happy life and are content without those things. And I think, I think you're right where it's like, but, but let's take it into other contexts. Cause like music's one thing, but what about being a successful, famous entrepreneur with a, sure. with a, a billion dollar business? It's like, yeah. There's the whole like Mashable New York Times and all these big, big groups forward. They write about these billion dollar businesses, but the businesses that run the world are the guy that owns like the olive oil company mm-hmm. in California mm-hmm. that like it's boring ish. It's boring as hell on, on, on a website paper, but they're feeding like they're feeding all these people and they're providing all this value and they're figuring out a product that, that people use every day. And people don't talk about that stuff. No, no. It, it's interesting. I was talking to my buddy the other day. He's friends with like this really, really wealthy dude. And when I asked like what he does, I don't want to be too specific, but it's like he's making a widget, like a small little thing yeah. that's part of a smaller thing. That's part of a little bit bigger thing. That's part of a bigger thing. But it's like the foundation for like literally billions of dollars, you know, like, and it's this non-interesting thing. You know what I mean? It's not something that you would look to and be like, I want to be the most successful, yeah. like screw maker. You know, like well then, yeah, and 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 but but there's like but there's but I think there's a lot of enjoyment. I read that book, um pretty popular book right now, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Um yeah. that that uh that book, one of the the pillars in the book is be comfortable with enjoying your life in the mundane. Mm. You know what I mean? Like enjoy, like learn to appreciate, like if you have a decent relationship with your brother or something, like, like really take that in and, and like enjoy that. You, you know what I mean? Like if you, if you have like a business that is, maybe it's like a boring business or maybe it's like you, you make like, like, like enjoy and, and kind of under, de- understand and, and and appreciate the nuance in the basics like yeah that's what i think people of the past like really understood like craftsmen or like you know our parents or the descendants of our, our 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 ancestors like they built things with their hands and could really appreciate like you know what i mean i've had this guy he fixed my tape delay i have re201 like tape delay from 1973 i mean this guy is like you know I couldn't find someone to fix this piece of gear, right? Right. This guy in South Jersey, his father fixed electronics. His father had a music electronics school in South Philadelphia. I find this guy, and they're so hard to find these guys. 
And he looks at the knobs on this, this, this tape delay. And he's like, oh my God, this is incredible. Look how great shape this. And he's, you know, you find this guy, he's finding all the appreciation <laughs> in this, this machine. And then he, he gives it care and love. And to me, like that guy is kind of in his, I don't want to speak for him. He might have his own personal problems and things. But I, in that moment in time, I was like, wow, that's a beautiful moment that this guy can get all this joy mm. out of his work. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, that, I mean, like, and, and yeah. like people are after like, oh, the, the big house and like the nice car and the, and, the, and the press releases and the company. But those people half the time can't even enjoy the spoilers because they don't even understand what the hell is going on. Off right. The they're just, I mean, they're just, they're just selling the idea, <laughs> you know, hundred percent that hit so deeply. Um, I was really close with a photographer, uh, many years ago. And one thing that she continually mentioned was this idea of appreciating the beauty in the mundane. So being able to walk around New York city, seeing the way a light reflected off a window onto the street, which I would just in a, in a rush perceive as like a dirty ass New York street that I didn't really care about. Sure. He's seeing this beautiful composition. Um, and, and it really taught me to slow down and it taught me, it encouraged me to, to start photographing for myself and through that to slow down and look and really just look at things as they are in that moment. Um, yeah. And start to try to derive more meaning from what's in the frame than just looking at anything and being like, I look there and now I look back. It's like, whatever. And, and that is a practice that we all, like when we get into the cog of like trying to be successful or trying to like understand our purpose, I think that's a really great pillar to think about, you know, and, and it takes a while to get there. It's not like just something, it's like a very weird mental shift. And I, I'm, and recently like, you know, I've just, I've always really liked, I've always been a very, a person that's been pretty disciplined. I've never had a lot of luck working in large organizations. I've always kind of done my own thing. Um, but what I've always learned is that I need to be good to myself. I need to appreciate the things that I like and I need to enjoy my life. You know what I mean? In doing those things. And so how I spend my time needs to be important. And as well as I need to hopefully, I always kind of try to work towards make sure, make sure I'm working on projects that of course I can make a living and do things with, but that I like that I enjoy doing ultimately, that I get excited about. You know what I mean? I have a question for you. Um, sure. What's something mundane today that you uh, observed or experienced that you found that beauty in? Uh, something mundane today? Yeah. Yeah. Today, I woke up this morning and I cooked potatoes for 20 minutes. And um, I woke up a little earlier. And I said, I was, I was, I had this, uh, urgency to get on my phone, check my messages, but I forced myself to kind of collect my thoughts. Cause I don't always do that. Sometimes I go right to my phone and I get started yeah. and I get a coffee and I'm like mulling around and I'm trying to figure out if I need to work out. I didn't, I looked at my calendar, but then I looked and said, okay, I have, I have some time. Let's make sure that let me cook right now and just mm. enjoy making some potatoes. You know what I mean? And like. Cooking and like washing the dishes have been really 
fucking awesome. Like I wash the dish. I wash all my dishes before I go to sleep. And I think about the day and I, and I unwind while I do that. And I know that a lot of people like feel like, oh yeah, washing the dishes is therapeutic. Well, I think there's something cool about that where you're just like sitting and concentrating the mindfulness being like, I'm going to do a good job in these dishes. And then your brain is like, Mm -hmm. it's like doing this thing. I don't know what it's kind of creepy, but you know, like your brain is doing something while you're, it's health. It's very, it's quite healthy. You know, to like engage in something like that, you know? Yeah. To like create that environment where things are a little more still and you can observe and absorb information differently. Uh, with a different tone and a different lens and a different um, feel to it and urgency to it or lack of urgency to it. I think like that's what I find when I'm doing the dishes or when I have a slower morning uh, and can appreciate things a little bit more is like the tone, the way I'm perceiving it, the way it's integrating to get back to that initial kind of thread. Are, we're still on it very much, but um, to get back to that word specifically, like it's not just about integrating things. It's also about the tone through which they're being integrated. So mm -hmm. like if you're integrating like fucking influences, just like going down Spotify and hitting every fucking song, like for 30 <laughs> seconds, and then like 30 seconds into it, you're like, all right, next track, 30 seconds. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like what is the quality in which you're integrating? You not know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, yeah. And, and, but that's like this whole craftsman versus like, like mm -hmm. jack of many trades thing. You know, I think uh, my friend is a cabinet maker. I grew up with him. He's one of my best friends. He's a craftsman cabinet maker. Now there's, now I have, I have another friend out there who has a business and he, he works with like a wholesale cabinet company and they have the same types of cabinets and they're built for more like repeatable homes that have like similar dimensions, right? And mm -hmm. so they both have different, they have both have different meditation sort of skills like my one friend gets his 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 enjoyment from working on the product right like making the product that my friend is the master craft uh craftsman like cabinet maker and so he gets that light up and like oh we got the screw just right in that corner right like that's mm -hmm. perfect i got it right he gets the enjoyment my other friend gets the enjoyment out of working with the people mm. and like he gets it from making that person happy, someone who maybe who couldn't, who never dreamed that they would have a kitchen, like mm. now they can, he helps them. So he's, they're like different. We're all different. Yeah. And we yeah. all, but we all have our, our bag or what we get our enjoyment from. And I think mm -hmm. we don't, not all of us know that. And some of us find it, find mm -hmm. that out earlier than others. But mm -hmm. to me, it's always like, oh, finding, like, I love building businesses and doing business ideation and like, and building growth businesses. I also love making music and creating things from scratch. There are other things that I don't like to do. And, and it's been really interesting. I think it's, it's interesting as like, a, as a young person or someone who's like trying to operate in this world with consistency or like, like in a way, like paying attention to what are those things that give you those light up moments and then really enjoying the mundane, like try to try to pause and understand the mundane components of like what, how you can do that better. Right. Right. Uh, I, I love that. I, I, there's a chapter of the book titled, there is no self without other selves. And I feel like for me, mm -hmm. 
a big part of learning about myself and and there's another chapter called the the most important project which is about developing oneself uh and i think those two act in harmony like your yeah. biggest project the most important thing you could do is develop yourself into a someone with values and someone that cares about the world world that wants to contribute but to do so you have to know other selves and and learn to integrate among them and it's through that you learn yeah. more about yourself and like the part yeah. that makes you better through that i have investment. this i have this thing that i wrote on a piece of paper a few years ago that i keep writing down i'll show it to you it might be helpful it might not it's it's something that i kind of came to terms with too it's very similar to that it says Time is at the top, self is at the bottom left, and people is at the bottom right. And it's kind of crazy because you can't ignore any of those components while you're living life, right? Like you can focus on yourself for five years and have shitty relationships. Yep. Then you can focus on other people and destroy yourself at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then you can't ignore it and you can't ignore time because time is the constant. And for me, all those three things are connected and you're kind of oscillating. Mm -hmm between all three of them all the time mm-hmm. but i love that extremely important and i don't i must have i might have been stoned i don't know what happened <laughs> i came up with that and i was like well i'm gonna look at this and and figure out where i am in this triangle you know what i mean and and time your time's applied to both already i don't i'm still kind of understanding why i wrote time up there to be honest but the people and the like people and self you know like you can't, you can give yourself to people, but then you can overextend yourself and, and do that. And you can make all those relationships healthy and then you can destroy yourself in the process of that. Or you can spend too much time on yourself and then destroy the people around you and not consider the world around you. And I feel yeah. as if they are not trade-offs. You can figure out how to, you know, navigate between, between these things. Right. So I think time is an interesting one because for me earlier, um, in 2019, um, I was thinking about time a lot. I was thinking about anxiety and depression specifically and its relationship with time. So this idea that like, if you're looking back in the past, you're, you're leaning towards depressive state. If you're thinking about the future too much, you're leaning into anxious states. The future mm. of anything, it might not be the future of the old world, but the future of your world, right? Wow. Um, even if you're thinking about the future of other people, whatever, what I realized, and then there's this, like, I'm in the present, this thing that is become so memefied recently about being mindful, being in the moment, being in the present, but is very important. Um, I don't think it's memification should detract from its importance, but I think what, what it speaks to is that your relationship with time defines the tone of your life. And in any moment. So like if you're hyper aware of the future and worried about it, yes, you will be in anxious states, which then trickle down to how you integrate things, trickles down to how your body's performing or not performing, your relationship with yourself and others, that sort of thing. That's a that's a that's a very great observation. Thank you. I love that. It took uh, a lot of anxiety and depression to realize it, but I think, you know, it was, it became so clear because then I was like, well, how do you kind of solve for this, right? How do you solve for your anxiety or depression? Obviously there's um, clinical methods, but then how do you philosophically solve for it? How do you 
mentally solve for it. And it's like, well, ideally, all right, be in the, in the present, sure. Um, but also be aware when you're slipping into any of those states. So like if you're viewing the future, you need to, you need to kind of predict a little bit, right? But how far are you predicting? Like how far are you reaching and how long are you staying in that state is really the questions to ask. Not like sure. whether or not you should reflect on a great memory you had, or you should think about what's upcoming next Monday, but like how long are you in those states? Yeah. What is the feeling in your nervous system? Uh, as yes. that? It's that's interesting. I think like, I think, you know what it is a big of it. Like I, I know like the mindfulness thing is pretty, not just trendy, but it's also kind of like oversimplified in a lot of ways, um, that we've been seeing, but you know, in regards to that, into what you're saying is I think it's being cognizant of where for me, I, I love. I keep going back to the triangle because it's like, to your point, it's like, all right, I'm in this time, in this time bucket or in this time world here. I'm like so stuck in the future about like what my, like if I'm going to be able to pay my bills in three months or something. Mm -hmm. And it's causing me to, it's causing me a way to act for myself. It's causing me maybe discomfort. It might be causing me to have arguments with people that are close to me. It's causing me to do different things. And you're absolutely right. That's a dictator as into like how things go. And like how how much am I spending my time in this zone? And and is it healthy for me to spend time in that zone and that mindset? Mm. Right. Mm. And how does that affect these other pieces? And is it healthy for me to spend this time like preparing and doing all this work without talking to other people about it? Right. Right. And is it healthy for me to talk with people about this and not do the work? Mm. Mm, yeah. Right. Exactly. And so it's like exactly. there's a balance in each of these things where you have to mm -hmm. be able to move almost in like you have to be able to move around it to gather. And it's sort of like you get more wise. You know, you, you see older folks are wiser than us because they know when you spend time in that these states too long, you know? Yes. And some some are wiser than others, of course, but and some are trapped. And you see people that are also get trapped. Mm-hmm in those states living the same year for 20 years or 50 yeah. years or living the same anxiety yeah like right. like you know like living in the same anxiety space in that time and those are mechanisms and muscles but the more we can kind of build ourselves a reference point which i think people are trying i think that the experts in mindfulness are trying to say is like mm -hmm. give yourself the reference point I and mean, i'm not I'm not deducing it completely, but if you have the reference points, then you can move freely within these spaces and free yourself from yeah. the chains that they all provide. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, um, I want to hop into another topic, but just kind of putting a point on this, like uh, something I'll mention, the content that I've been producing on the status page, um, every, I guess it's every Tuesday I'm releasing these, they're different uh, spectrums between different points. So uh, if you check out the page, it'll be like, yellow background, purple line between two different points. And I'm trying to identify these different spectrums in which we operate under without knowing many times. Mm. And sometimes we're aware. So this idea, like you, the spectrum you set up, the self and others, like it's not a decision between the self or others. And it's not always that you need to equally divide yourself between self and others. It's a reference point, meaning here's the ends of the spectrum as reference, uh, here are the extremes 
where do you need to be in this current moment to optimize for the things that you want yeah. to see, the values or the people around you or the situation at hand or whatever? Yeah. And it's like the seasons of living life, you know, it's like, it's right. Like, it's like there's winter and there's summer, you know, that that's one, that's one particular reason I love living in the North. East. It's like, yes, is that there's reasons why is because I'm a different vibe in the winter. Yes. You know what I mean? Like I'm definitely, I, I kind of have different, different kind of ways I operate. And I kind of like that. Um, but I think, I think we can look at these things is like, they're not seasonal. Like you're like, all right, I'm going to work on myself for three months and like, and tell people to fuck off for three months. It doesn't <laughs> work like that, but I'd love to, but, but, but I guess what I'm, what I'm, what I, I'm getting at is like, all of these have references in time and have references of maintenance and references of, of work and uh, self-reflection. And to me, like, you know, to me, like when you find yourself in a funk, to your point, you can always go back to these concepts and be like, oh man, I really spent way too much time not listening to myself in that situation. Or I, or I spent way too much time in my own head in that situation. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's too much it's, time it's, alone or too much time uh, with others or too much time viewing time in the past or, too much, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, for it's sure. trippy. It's like, but I feel like you need like feedback me mechanisms in all of these places mm -hmm. so that you can make sense of all the data. Mm -hmm. it, you know? Absolutely. Um, I totally want to shift gears. I just looked at my screen with the, uh, the different topics. I have a chapter on limits, uh, limitations, intentional limits that we place on ourselves. And I titled it one, one microphone, five fonts and seven days, which is one microphone is a reference to Motown's use of one microphone. Yeah. Five fonts is a reference to Massimo Vignelli's use of only five fonts throughout his entire career. And seven days is a reference to South Park, uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker and, and, um, how they spend seven days producing every episode only. I'm wondering for you, what kind of creative limits do you set up for yourself or do you have any creative limits? Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, the most control that I have is in my work, in my work in music. It's the most detailed. Mm -hmm. Um, I, 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 I work with a dad. Yeah, of course, there's probably a lot of dudes that come here and say this, but I use, I do some, I do some, I do a lot of analog based stuff. Mm -hmm. Software instruments and things are great, but they, they overwhelm me. So when mm -hmm. I make music, I try to build worlds. I'll think of it and be like, all right, this is going to be, and, and it doesn't always end up this way, but I try to limit myself and being like, I'm going to use an acoustic guitar. Um, and I'm going to use a simple drum pattern or I'm going to do this and I'm going to use these instruments, usually analog instruments to create this idea. And I'll try to keep, I'll try to keep limitations there because then my, my creativity goes wildly in the right places because mm. I'm able to, you know, I'm not, I don't have like 5,000 different instruments at my disposal mm. and get overwhelmed with the decision-making process. It actually allows me to start hearing the music. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, if I have an acoustic guitar and I have like a, a djembe or I have a, I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to use a tambourine, acoustic guitar, and I might use a synthesizer. And I'm going to sing over it, but I'm going to sing over it 
in one take. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I'll do stuff like that. Like I'll make a song and be like, let's try to make this a one take song. Mm-hmm. And that's a constraint, kind of like the mo- microphone thing. But what, but what that allows to that what that allows me to do is explore the performance more. Mm. Whereas when you work in digital music, you can chop it up and make it sound whatever way you want it to sound, but you're not actually sometimes exploring, you're exploring performance in a different way. But, you know, so I'll take, I'll take something saying, and then maybe on the reverse side, I'll, I'll say, I'm going to make this like with all digital sounds, you know, right. Right. And, but I'm only going to use these five kits Mm -hmm. and I'm only going to use this organ patch or this organ sound because I'm feeling this kind of texture. Right. So that's a very big part of uh, my, I create new limitations, but the, the pattern has been, I'm a guitarist. I own like 12 guitars. Those guitars give me a lot of options. I have like vintage compressors and delays and pedals. And I, I try to get out of software world and make stuff with my hands. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I come up, I surprise myself more often when I do stuff like that. Right. I love, you said, um, you know, this allows you to be creative in the right places. And I wanted to dig into like what the right places mean for you. One thing you said was it allows me to explore the performance. Um, that being like, so the limitations allow you to actually explore yeah. what you want to, rather than sort of being like a, yeah. uh, I, um, I started, I started learning that when I started performing live with my band. Mm. So what my music is like pretty complicated. Sometimes there's a lot of stuff going on in it. Yeah. Which is good and bad. And then I went, I went to play my first album live like a year ago with the band. I have all these incredible players in New York. And I was like, hi, and I'm a guitar player. I grew up, like I was been a professional guitar player since I was 20, but, but I'm singing in the band and I had all this anxiety about getting the guitar parts right when I formed them because I love all the guitar parts. Right. But then I realized that the performances were suffering. I hired a guitar player. He was amazing. He killed all the guitar parts. But I realized that the energy that I was bringing to the band, because I didn't have a guitar in my hands, was kind of weird. Mm. So as soon as I put the guitar in my hand, even though I can't play all the guitar parts perfectly, the passion on what I'm doing is right there because right. I have the guitar in my hands. And I'm still playing all the parts and doing all the stuff. But like, it's not about it being perfect. It's about the intent and it's about kind of like the passion drive behind all this shit. And for me, like I realized that as soon as I had the guitar in my hand, I'm singing better. I got energy. I'm moving around the stage. I'm putting on a better performance mm. where before I'm sitting there and I'm trying to, I'm trying to replicate the production I spent right. you know, 25 hours, 30 hours making or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So I think in that performance, when I was performing, I learned that, oh, wow, like, there's value in the moment. There's value in the moment and facilitate and fit and noting to me like, oh, well, long takes make me perform better. Or mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, it's quite interesting. Like, uh, the, the other thing I was going to mention too, whenever I finish a song, I do long takes. Of it. It's like, I'll play bass through the whole song. Yeah. I won't do verse, chorus, verse because I, it's like you're an actual musician or something. Yeah, it's like you're an action musician, but the thing is, there's so much value in yeah. that little tiny flub that you make on the second verse that's kind of cool, right? And that's a, and that's also kind of the letting go of the ego of being like, it's cool, like, it's it's dope enough, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, 
or like I appreciate the impurities in what I do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you were talking about uh, limits on stage. Um, and I wrote fearing limits versus embracing limits. Like initially you start, uh, I'm, you know, uh, if, if I don't, if I don't have this guitar, there's like a new limitation of like not being able to use the guitar. Um, oh, sorry, you were fearing, um, what the guitar limitation was doing to the performance and, and yeah. initially, and then eventually embracing what the guitar's limitation. Yeah. It was by accident. I had, yeah. I had a gig in Miami and, uh, I had a gig in Miami. It was my brother and one of my best friends, Rich, and then a bass player. And I used to play court. I used to play with five members or six mm. and then it was like all right i gotta cover everything and and once i had that gig it was the best gig we had mm. because my energy was just like i was pushing the band and i was able to do all this stuff and it was happened by accident and at that moment i was like wait a second how is this how did i my, i had no anxiety for this show even though i was scared that i wouldn't be able to pull it off well, yeah but then i realized like oh my god like there's something here and it's because i was kind of on an adventure like that right. performance, th there's this really dope quote by uh, Francis Coppola, and he says, making a film should always be an adventure, mm. right? And I kind of take that and being like, all right, making a song should be an adventure. And of course, like, or making, like putting the show together should be an adventure. Like we might have a set list, but let's mix it up. And like, we know all these songs super well, but let's make this show unique. Right. Let's see what happens. Right. Like, let's go into the sales conversation and like make a friend, but explore some stuff. And like, let's, let's be not an adventure. The fact that we're not, we don't want to get something done, but let's think about this in a new way and enjoy that process. Mm, you know? Yeah. Let's journey. And I think that relates to the, the, uh, earlier conversation about this mun mundane, embracing the mundane or embracing the mundane makes it sound negative, but some people might contextualize that as negative, but, um, embracing the stillness or slowness of a circumstance, like embracing the fact that it can be, you have this space to explore, even with these IG lives, like there's moments where my head's like, all right, do we have to hit the hour exactly? And now I'm taken out of the fact that like, we could just meander. And if people are on and it's six hours, like, and we've hit, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, time permitting, obviously, but no, of course, no, 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 of course, of course. Um, but yeah, this idea of kind of play and exploration and 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 your relationship with time and kind of uh, and, integrating all, all and that's a discipline. Stuff. See, that's a yeah. discipline because we're hardwired, and that's what I was saying in the beginning. We're hardwired to have control of the the outcome. Yes, yeah, hardwired to be like this show's got to go well. Mm -hmm. I'm not willing to tr take a risk here. Or and not where? only that, but yeah. hardwired at what the definition of goes well even means. So you're like, goes well means that I kill every guitar line and no one messes up. Everyone fucking loves it. Da -da -da -da. You layer all this meaning and then you're like, and I'm going to control everything I do so that that outcome is guaranteed when neither is guaranteed. Like what will happen isn't guaranteed and how to get there to do it isn't guaranteed. Sure. And you know, I was a jazz musician for some time and there's a, there's a deep criticism of jazz musicians that they only play for themselves. Mm. They don't want to relate to the outside world. And I think there is a balance. Mm. Right? 
I think there's a balance. I think there's an adventure between self and people mm-hmm. that can be made. Yeah. That's, yes. that's what I like. That's the world I like to live in. Right. And that's that same spectrum you set up earlier. Exactly. And I think that, you know, we can get trapped in and there's no, no problem being trapped in like, hey, I want to make this orchestral piece that no one will ever hear. Yeah. That's cool. I love it. That's mm-hmm. great. Um, I have a little bit more interest in the world of, hey, let's have fun on the stage or let's have fun building something together and let's make it, let's, maybe there's some components of this that other people will enjoy and let's pay attention to that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, again, certain seasons um, provide and allow you or maybe encourage you or whatever it may be to want to push the the people side of this rather than the self. Um, I would even say certain genres, but I don't even believe that. I think people often make a lot of genres maybe too much for other people and not enough for themselves or vice versa. Yeah. You know. I, I was talking to my manager. I don't know if, if uh, Tamara's in here. I think she might be. She was, yeah. We had a discussion about that a couple months ago where it's like, hey, well, what do you, what do you want to spend your time doing or... How can we work on these things? And that's been a big discussion. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of trying to map myself back to this adventure thing, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, obviously I have parameters, like, you know, I want to work with people who like care about what they're doing and, but I'm also open to like new experiences. And I feel like in my younger career, in my career, in my early twenties, I was so closed off to being like, yeah, like I'm doing this and they're doing that. And. Mm-hmm. I'm focused on getting good at this, so I can't be focused on that. And I think, I'm not going to say I have regrets, but I would say that there is a lot of value in, in breaking down those walls. And, and sh- like, someone invited me to jam with them this weekend, and I haven't jammed with someone in a minute, like, on the instrument. Mm-hmm. And, and they're a really great player. And I'm kind of like, I totally need to show up to this because I had, like, you, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's kind of foolish to, like, when someone invites you to do something or someone invites you into their world, like you should obviously vet the pr- vet it, of course. Um, but that element of risk, you never know what's going to come out on the other side. So mm-hmm. it could be one of the most amazing experiences of your life, you know? Um, yeah. And that's just, that's because we have this issue with control to be like, well, I know what's going to happen if I go there. Mm-hmm. And you don't. There's no way you're going to know. You can't predict the future. I love that. And I, I, I want to touch on a topic. So I'm still figuring out sort of how some of these ideas, these chapters integrate, if I'm going to merge them into one or keep them separate. Cause I think two of these areas overlap, which is this idea of competition and winning the game, so to speak, and collaboration, which is like your relationship with other, um, other humans, right? Um, sure. And uh, the chapter is called Other Chimps, and it's based on this interview that I was listening to either on the Knowledge Project or um, Daniel Schmachtenberg or somebody. Someone was talking about this. Uh, <laughs> and this idea of like, no, it was actually Robert Sapolsky. That's who it was. Dude with the big beard from uh, Stanford, like the professor. Anyway, send you his videos if you haven't seen him. Um, he was talking about um, how apes have and and chimps have a hierarchy that is clear and defined like if i am the subservient you know tier three chimp 
and there is a tier one champ who is running this whole group, it is clear like what I can and can't do and then what they can and can't do. But in humans, those hierarchies are not defined and we have hierarchies across multiple spectrums. So like I might be the best guitar player in the room and you might be the worst guitar player, which is actually the opposite uh, in real life. Um, but you know, there's a hierarchy there, but then you take it to another space. Like if we were both designing, you know what I mean? It's like, you might be the best. I might be the worst and we can be operating the same space. Yeah, yeah. The hierarchies are actually not clear. And I'm wondering you, uh, collaborate with a lot of people. Um, and I'm wondering how you view collaboration when yes. these uh, inherently exist, whether you recognize them or not, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I'm wondering yeah, how you, how you relate. Yeah. That's an interesting question. I've had to destroy them. I've had to destroy the hierarchy concepts mm -hmm. often. Uh, I wrote a song it's on my album with an artist. I'm not going to name the song. I'm not going to name the artist, but I wrote a song that was like maybe an artist for like a month at that point or had like a year in. And the amount of information that I learned from that session was huge. Like, you know, this person was super nervous when they did the session with me because they like, I don't know, were following me for a for mm. few years. And I'm not like, oh, by any means, like a large artist, but I was kind of like, also kind of like, uh, you know, I was like, uh, I was kind of nervous too because I was like, what's going on? Like, but I realized that like, I've been trying to get myself to collect. I realize the collaboration, like we can talk to like a 12 year old kid and they could blow our mind with a statement. And so right. I kind of make sure that, that I'm not letting my ego and my, my accomplishments and like my things get in the way because they have no value. <laughs> yep. They, I think they do at moments in time and other people think they do at moments in time. Like someone might hit me up and say, Hey, you wrote the best song of 2021, but it doesn't mean anything. Like, right. And so what I'm after is that adventure experience. Like mm -hmm. I'm after the idea of finding, appreciating the, uh, the beauty in these moments. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and so you can be really creative with that. Like, we can take like a high school saxophonist and do a session with them and be like, this could be pretty cool. You know what I mean? And, and like they are shaking in their boots and you might have written like, like have gotten nominated for 10 Grammys, but, but you know, you get, <laughs> you get what I'm saying though. It's like, you can, we have to stop ourselves because the beauty is everywhere. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, Matt, in a way, we're coming up on the hour and I feel like that's an excellent statement to end it on. I feel like that says a lot about your character, how you collaborate, how you think. Um, but I think you're right. I think this idea of embracing the beauty in everything by removing the ego and recognizing where it's coming in, whether it's your relationship with time, whether it's your relationship to other people and hierarchies, whoever it may be. Yeah. That so you can be the best version. Um, and, and full transparency, that's something that I haven't always been that great at. And then I'm trying to get better at each day is being like, wait yeah. a second. You know what I mean? Like this homeless guy is talking to me and he smells like booze, but he wants to say something to me. Like I should listen. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. why am I, why am I, ma why am I making a, a, a call here? Like, 
you know, I might feel unsafe or it might be in a scenario or whatever, but it, like stopping myself for a moment and being like, okay, like, how can I be a better observer of life and participator, participant? You know what I mean? I think if you, if we can apply that, you know, of course there are, there are levels to this and there are, there are considerations, of course, like if you're building a, a financial backend service to, for the world bank, you know, you're probably not going to take the advice. You can take the advice of someone who works in a different sector, but you're going to want people who have worked on that problem set to give you good advice. There are different things, but that doesn't mean you can't conceptually learn from other places in the world that you can apply to this problem. Right. You just summed up this whole conversation. Integration. Um, oh, really? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. This, this idea of- Yeah, this is all planned out, bro. Yeah, well done. <laughs> well done. Thanks for reading that. Um, no, I mean, it, embracing the, the mundane and the sl slowness so that your ability to integrate is, is, uh, higher, um, and the quality of the integration is maybe higher bandwidth. Um, yeah. Navigating that spectrum between self and others, uh, choosing those others, your relationship with time, um, the limits you place on yourself and, uh, the collaboration. We covered a lot of ground. I really, really appreciate you, man. Wow, man. Yeah. You quarterback that. You quarterback. You did a really good job, like, moving through, the, helping, like, us talk to this concept. Because I didn't realize we covered that much stuff in such a short amount of time. We went in. I like to go in. So do Yeah, you. that's what I love about you, bro. Uh, and and uh, I love about every, everybody on your, uh, you know, your live show here. It's it's so cool. I'm excited. I can't wait to see you grow. And, and I can't wait to see the documentation. I'm... Hey man, this is, this is, this is some, these are great moments and thanks for having me on and, uh, let me shout out my crazy ideas and, and struggles and all those things, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm always open to it. Thanks for joining. Thanks for introducing me to your community. Um, I'm always happy to introduce you to mine. Um, and thanks for sharing your own, your own narratives, your journey, your process perspective. Cause I think even if it can flick, flick a switch in someone's head even slightly or tomorrow morning they wake up and are like damn that that dude with great hair said something incredible <laughs> um you it, know it's a you know we have to pay homage the thing i'm going to say before we split is we have to constantly pay homage to the people around us like that that people triangle the right side of it like that's the secret sauce like we're not living on this planet by ourselves right like my ideas are not unique ideas. No. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's so foolish. I hate it when I, when I, when I see, when I see people have like a myopic perspective and say like, look what I did. It's like, well, we all are like combinations of derivatives of combinations of people that have been before us and they were combinations and derivatives of things before them. So are we, you know, ultimately we have to pay homage to the, to the people around us. And, and, uh, you know, enjoy that and, and be okay with acknowledging, that, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I've been told on the podcast that I have, um, shout out to conversations podcast, um, that sometimes we get into these modes of like, it sounds like, oh, it's just a circle jerk. You guys are complimenting each other, whatever, whatever. And I was like, to that person who gave that feedback or I never actually spoke to, I just hurried through the wire that that was said was said it was like well how often are you hearing people speak uh 
in a way, especially men, especially men, especially men in the creative community, even yes. more so, where they're actually acknowledging the unique contributions of another person or, um, you know, validating those contributions uh, in their own life. And I think I love these moments, uh, whether it's in private on the phone with someone or whether it's on these lives or on the podcast, to have the opportunity to thank people for those unique contributions, for the difference they make. Because I don't think that the other part of that spectrum, that that kind of conversation is embraced enough. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, self-gratitude and self-reflection and self-positivity uh, and all the self-shit is always promoted. Yeah. And the other part of this isn't. And so I think I am totally fine being told that I'm uh, circle jerking my friends um, because if that's the only validation they get in a month or a year or a week, I'm happy to be a part of that. Yeah. And it's, so it's like, it's like, I, I don't, I don't, that's interesting criticism, but, um, you know, I would just say that like, we all learn from each other and this is just a effort to learn from one another. And, you know, also we have a choice to engage with the content that we want to engage in. Right. Mm -hmm. So whatever. Uh, I think, I think there are, look, you know, there's a lot of ways to unpack these different statements, but ultimately the reality is that, you know, none of us are God and none of us, and we all are human beings and we're all going to learn from each other and that everyone deserves a moment to say their, their thing. And, and, and ultimately, like, I think we have to, like, I'm just constantly, constantly trying to remind myself that. You know, someone like, oh, wow, you're so good at this. It's like, well, yeah, I spent 10,000 hours thinking about this. You would be just as good as I would be, too, if you spent 10,000 hours thinking about it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's just being honest about things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I wasn't that great at guitar for when I started. I was the worst in my middle school class, actually. Mm -hmm. I had oh, fat fingers. I couldn't get around the guitar. And the girls were always much better at me in the class. But I, like, was so determined to... To like, because I loved it so much that I started getting better. I wasn't the best. I had to work really hard. And I guess what I'm saying is like, that's a story worth telling because it's not like some hero story that like this guy's mm -hmm. incredible from the get go. It's like, no, I had to, I actually didn't get into music school twice. Mm. And then I got in music school the third time. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> it's not a headline, you know, it's, it's like something you don't kind of feel a little embarrassed talking about. You know, right. that's Right. It's okay. You know, like, so I don't know. I think, I think, I think we have to learn to appreciate each other's stories. We can't write off each other's stories. And I think that's a problem we have with the world right now is that like everyone's ready to put someone in a bucket and write off what their thoughts are. But this is a synthesis. This is a, the world is a synthesis of all our experiences. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You have to hear them all, you know? Right. Um, I need to reference this book. I know we said we were ending. <laughs> this happens every time. Um, I'm reading. I'm reading a book called People Skills. I think it's like the lamest book title ever. Um, <laughs> People Skills, which it makes uh, when I walk. Well, we're actually gonna have to ride the subway and re and and like have everyone read the title. You can that's, like that's exactly you can read it the price in your own home in L.A. Yeah, I know. I, I, I cover cover <laughs> of it so that no one could see. Like, kind of like hold it up like this. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but. 
the content of it is insanely good. And he basically uh, breaks down the ways of listening, the ways of communicating. It's a book about communication and listening. Um, it's really, really good. Um, and I think if this is nothing more than an effort to learn how to communicate and listen better, um, so be it. But Amen. thank you so much for having me. It's a lot of fun. Yes. Oh, thank you for joining. We'll talk soon. Got it, bro. Of course. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate the opportunity. Later.